Polish-Australian Business Forum presents Unity Stories about us Twenty twenty two marks fifty years of diplomatic relations between Poland and Australia. I am Leonie Tillman, and I'll be interviewing ten notable Australians of Polish heritage across business, science, and the arts about their stories. We now invite you to celebrate our unity. Stories about us. Krzysztof Czerwinski, or Chris, has won innumerable international prizes and scholarships as an organist, but he's also vastly studied across 14 different qualifications, including piano, choral conducting, voice pedagogy, as well as church music and historical performance practice. In Poland, he was awarded the Minister of Culture and National Heritage's prestigious music award in the King's Castle in Warsaw. And he's now a resident in Australia after being granted a distinguished talent visa by the Australian government. With all that, I ask him where it all began. All started with my dad being an amateur musician. He's a doctor uh, for profession, um, but he loved music. He always wanted to be a musician, but he lived in a small town when he was a kid and you know, there was no opportunities for him to become a musician. So um, when he had a chance to um, like pour his passion um, into me, he, he did it uh, straight away. And um, he started teaching me. He was my first music teacher. He bought, I think by accident, amazing piano, um, secondhand piano, because I don't think he knew that much about pianos, but it, it was amazing instrument that we still have in um, our home in Poland. And he started teaching me, but then he soon realized that, you know, um, he's just an amateur and, uh, and he needs to find someone who actually knows more about how to teach children. And um, yeah, I had a great um, teacher from the very beginning. She was uh, actually a professor at the Academy of Music um, in Poznan, in my hometown. And she kindly agreed to take a kid. She normally worked um, with students, but um, I think he, she had a couple of kids as well um, for private lessons. So I was really lucky um, from the very beginning to have an amazing um, older, very experienced um, professor from the Academy of Music um, teaching me. So you're, you're attributing some of that to a great teacher and a great piano. And I'm wondering how humble you are and maybe was there natural talent and do you believe in that? I do believe in natural talent, but it's just a percentage. I think, you know, there is a lot of factors. Um, I think luck is one of them, determination, hard work. There is so many different variables um, in it that it's really hard to determine what's the most important. I think it's just the combination of of the universe. <laughs> and you talk about hard work and I look at all of the awards and scholarships and so many different things that you've achieved in, in your career. Can you tell us a little bit more about the education and the scholarships you got and how that set you off on a path? You know, I think uh, because I have 
really clever parents and they always, you know, um, told me how important education is, that actually education is the most important. That was always my goal to um, find a great teacher, to go to a, a reputable school um, and um, to get out of educational system as much as, as possible. Um, and um, I was always um, told all, also by my uh, teachers, current teachers back then that, you know, if um, you shouldn't only be in your own environment, in your own comfort zone here, you should go into the world, you know, and um, go to places that are actually famous for the instrument that you're interested in or famous for choral conducting, which probably most people would uh, know that it's England. England um, is like primary country to study choral conducting. Um, and that's why I pushed so hard to study choral conducting there. Organ music, I think United States, they have so many um, great teachers from Europe, surprisingly, and so many beautiful instruments and so many financial resources that they can actually not only build those beautiful instruments, but get great people to to come and teach there. So it's all research prior to research, you know, to, to find places, find teachers that are wonderful, that are suitable for what you want to achieve and um, pushing hard for also financial support. Because honestly, when I started um, traveling, um, my first trip was to, to the States. Honestly, I had $200 in my pocket and that was it. And um, and I knew I was so determined that I have to win that scholarship competition to stay there because otherwise I will have to go back. Honestly, it was not only $200. I had a return ticket back to Poland, <laughs> but that was it, you know? So um, I think that was my biggest decision. I remember how hard it was. I was I remember, honestly, I was crying before I went there because I didn't really know. It was my first big trip by myself. I didn't have anyone um, in the States, um, no family, no friends even, but I made friends there um, on the place. So it was not as hard. It was not as tough as I thought it's going to be when I was still in Poland. And I think it's, yeah, it's important for me to establish how old you were when you first went to America, because you're, you're still very young to have achieved so much. So how were, how old were you when you went to America with $200 in your pocket? Well, I was already an adult. Um, I finished high school of music in Poland. So I think I was 1920. Um, I started, I think my, um, first scholarship competition that I won in New York when I went for the first time there, it was in 2000. Yeah, in 2000. And just so I understand, you, you went there before you had the scholarship. Yes. And is that a normal way of going about it? I would imagine that that, that is really stepping outside your comfort zone. Definitely. I was so determined after high school. And, you know, also, um, I have to admit, I had a, I had a, a conflict with my father. Um, he actually encouraged me to, um, to start music. He was very, very supportive. But when he realized that I want to be a musician and music will be my career, and he always wanted me to be a doctor, 
Um, we, we got into a serious conflict. We didn't talk to each other for a year, um, you know, and, um, and I knew that I have to prove not only to myself, but also to him that I can do what I love and that I don't need a lot of money. He was not able to pay $40,000 for a school of music in New York that I wanted to go to. Um, so, um, at the, especially at that time. Um, so it was hard and I, I was just really determined. I have to tell you. And I can imagine, even with that level of determination, there's a big gap between being a child and being a professional. So I asked Chris about the transition between being a childhood music student and becoming a career musician. When I was still in high school, um, I was an accompanist, and that's another little story. Um, my organ teacher in Poland, who was my organ teacher at, at High School of Music, she was a principal accompanist for a Poznań Cathedral Choir of Men and Boys. Um, and she would tour with them. It was a concert choir. They would not only sing in the cathedral, but they would record um, CDs on a regular basis. They would go for concert tours, even for like a two months concert tour outside of Poland. She got sick once um, and she couldn't go. And she said to me, look, do you want to um, replace me? Um, she was quite confident in me. And I said, no problem. And we went for it. It was a small tour, a couple of concerts. And I think it was still in Poland. It was not even abroad. I think it was a couple of cities um, around Poland. And I went and um, prepared myself very well. I remember it was a big thing for me to replace my, my own teacher. And I got together with the conductor, with the director of that choir really well. Um, and, you know, since then, he said, you know, can you be our principal accompanist? And um, I felt so bad because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I became, I actually replaced her. And um, it was not that I was trying to do that. It just naturally came to it. And, and I started touring with that choir on a regular basis abroad. And I met some great musicians on the way. And they all told me, you know, if you want to study organ, go to the States. Um, you know, I really recommend the States. And I've heard it from so many people. They have, you know, I've heard that they have scholarship. And if you're really good, if you prove that you're passionate and, and that you're good, you will get a scholarship there. So that was my path uh, since then, you know. You've not only been to England and America, but you've consistently performed around the world in places like Russia, France, Holland, Austria, Germany, England, Australia, and, and obviously a lot around the United States as well. What has been the most mind-blowing experience for you in performing? I really come back with my memories very often to those tours with Poznan Cathedral Choir. Um, I think it's because, first of all, I love choral music and choral music was always at the top of my interests. A lot of my teachers underlined that, you know, if you want to be a good conductor, first you need to be a good performer, good instrumentalist. So um, those concert tours with the choir when I could, you know, play a little bit of a solo, but also accompany the choir, I also became after a while a a vo vocal um, teacher at the choir, 
So I had many different functions and this is how I like to operate. I like to operate on many different levels. I don't like to focus only on one. Um, so um, I think that broad perspective and also dealing with a lot of people, it's very interesting, you know, also the relationships that I establish within the choir, I still keep. And it's so lovely to see, you know, now the boys that I taught at the age of seven, nine, eleven, 11 um, in the choir, they are now singing in operas, world class operas, you know, they win competitions. And so, you know, it was always a, a surprise, a lot of pressure because, you know, you had all those musicians, singers in the choir listening to you, how you play on a specific instrument that you don't really know. Um, so there was a lot of pressure, but also a, a friendly atmosphere within friends that you had in this choir. Um, so I think, I think that's what I really liked. A bit of a pressure, but also friendly atmosphere and big unknown, um, and then discovering new things. Because, you know, when I go to an organ recital, um, organ organizers usually send me a lot of materials about the instrument. Um, even if I haven't been there yet, I know more or less what to expect. I can put everything in my head, um, how to um, interpret specific piece on that organ. And then I just go and, uh, and I do it. But um, with the choir, you never know <laughs> what you will see uh, on the place. And that um, adrenaline, I think it's something that um, I also like once in a while, of course, not not on daily basis. <laughs> uh, it was quite crazy. And, uh, and I still remember a lot of anxiety and, and pressure. Now, looking back over all of that pressure that he's been through, I wonder what has been the most standout competition that he has won. It's such a hard question, you know, because all those um, awards helped me in some way. I would probably place at the top the scholarship um, awards that allowed me to actually study at the school that I wanted. Um, so that would be probably the, the most important part of my um, awards, but also like a Minister of Art and Culture in Poland Music Award. And those um, awards are pretty prestigious because I remember standing not only amongst organists, I, I think I was the only organist there. There were musicians from all fields, from all over Poland. And it was great to see and meet them because some of them I remembered from TV, you know, watching them on TV and then they were sending close to me. So that was quite significant, I would say. Of course, you know, organ competitions, when you go and uh, you know that that particular period of time, that particular year, you got first place in a competition, it's, it's very satisfying, but it's kind of short term, you know. But um, the, this scholarship that helped me to achieve um, a, a degree, to gain a degree um, and study with um, a person that I always wanted to study, that stays, you know, forever, that, that kind of um, memory, I think. So that would be the most valuable for me. And currently you are still involved with the artistic direction of the annual International Organ and Chamber Music Festival in Poland, even though you're living in Australia, you're still very much involved in, in Poland. Can you tell us a bit about that? I've done 14 um, editions of them from 2006 and the last one was 
in 2019. So it is going um, pretty well, and we have more and more people coming. So it is getting more popular. Some of the churches are filled in. In some concerts, people stand. There's no no seats anymore. Um, so yeah, so so this is a very satisfying thing again, and it just motivates me to come back to Poland. <laughs> Um, so I don't play. I mainly focus on teaching when I'm in Australia. I have a lot of private students here. Um, and when I go to Europe, when I go to Poland, um, then I don't teach at all, but I play quite a lot. Usually have around 10 um, organ recitals when I'm there, plus supervision of that festival. So that leads me to ask you about Australia. Why Australia? I know you came here in 2008 to study at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. So how did that come about and, and why did you head in this direction? You know, it's a, it's a very um, fun question for me to answer. I, I got a lot of um, that question. Why, why Australia? Why would you come, you know, after Britain, after England, um, after one of the best schools in the US to, to Australia? Honestly, it was a coincident. Um, it was um, a little accident um, on the way. So after I finished choral conducting studies in, um, in England, um, I really thought that I would like to also be able to conduct orchestra. And, you know, a lot of choral, beautiful choral works consist orchestra. And I, and I always wanted, you know, I, I didn't want to be only a choral conductor who doesn't understand how orchestra works. So I thought, okay, that will be great school to be at um, and will be great school to get an, an experience um, at. So um, I went to their website and I found an, a, a head of um, conducting department. Um, and I wrote to him and he told me, okay, you need to you know, provide us with um, a video recording of your rehearsing orchestra and then how you conduct during the concert and all that. And then I can advise you if, um, you know, uh, if you're suitable. So I've done all that. At that same time, I actually established a Polish Baroque orchestra in Poland, just, you know, orchestra that specializes in early music. So I had orchestra. I could record a, a rehearsal. I could record some concerts. So that was great opportunity. I was very excited. I think it was about six months before um, start of the academic year. So I was still working with the choir in Poland, working with that Baroque orchestra in Poland, focusing on that and waiting, um, you know, to start the studies um, in Indiana. And about three months before academic year starts, that head of um, orchestral department, um, whom I've been in touch with uh, before, emails me and he says, look, I'm really sorry. Um, completely, you know, my life is changing rapidly at that period of time and I have completely different plans. I got an invitation from Sydney Conservatorium to, to direct their um, orchestral department there. And I'm moving to Sydney, to Australia. And um, you, you still have your full scholarship at Indiana. You can study with uh, one of the other teachers there. Or you can go with me, but unfortunately, we don't have um, a boarding um, school for students at Sydney. Um, so you will have to um, find the way of financing your living expenses and finding your accommodation and all, all that. So I told him, "Look, I will give a give a go. I will send some of um, like 
work offers to different churches um, and different schools around Sydney. And if any school or church would like to, to employ me, you know, and I will have uh, money to support myself, I would love to study with you at Sydney, at Sydney Conservatorium. So I started sending those um, letters. I think I sent about 10 of them. And um, most of them didn't reply, um, actually, but there was a couple of responses. And one of them was from Christchurch Lavender Bay. Um, and they wrote to me, look, we actually are looking for a choral conductor. We would love to have you and we can even provide you with accommodation at the rectory right next to the church. And you will have only three stations to conservatorium from, from North Sydney. You know, so that was, again, a, amazing coincidence. Um, and I started work at that church. That was my first work in, um, first job in, in Australia, in Sydney. And I started studies at Sydney Conservatorium. That's how I got here. So <laughs> completely unexpected. I would never imagine that I will live in Australia and that I will study in Australia. So if you think about that whole story of your whole life, do you sometimes look back to your seven-year-old self and think, how did I end up here? Of course. Well, there is not a lot of time um, normally. And um, now during the lockdown, I have much more time to think about those things. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting story. And honestly, I would not change one day in my life, I think it was all leading to something um, really exciting. Um, I love my life right now. It's not as intense and use as it used to be, but I think it's good <laughs> that it's not as intense anymore. I think, you know, that excitement um, when you finish high school and maybe when you're a student, um, it's great. Um, you know, body is prepared for that, but then gradually you probably have to slow down things, enjoy your life a little bit more um, and um, focus on not only on achievements, but also on, on living a good life and um, satisfying life. And so if you think about back to Poland and, and how you started, and I'm just, I'm just curious to see what you think about the values that you grew up with, the Polish values, and now in comparison with that in Australia, were there Polish values that really drove you very hard or what is it about Poland that makes you who you are? I think it must be part of Polish mentality. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're quite serious. It's also very hard to generalize. Maybe it was a family thing that, you know, my parents were also quite serious and quite focused on education. Um, I also always wanted to prove to them that I'm capable, that, um, you know, even though it's not what they planned for me, I can still have a good life doing not what they love, but what I love. Um, and uh, that also put a pressure on me um, of some kind, or maybe I myself put a pressure of, <laughs> um, onto, onto me. But um, yeah, I, I think it must be um, probably, again, combination of different things. But um, yeah, but I think Polish people are a little bit different. Like the longer I live here, um, the more differences that uh, I see. Um, so... Yeah, so so I, I would say, again, combination of different things, but 
I think Polish people are determined and, and serious. And that's another probably story, story for another interview. <laughs> Chris has clearly chosen his influences very carefully and intentionally, and I ask him about who these influences have been. Definitely, um, when I was younger, those influencers would be probably my teachers. Um, I always looked um, at my teachers as as heroes, and surprisingly, I. I always loved to have older teachers. I, I somehow knew inside that the older person is the more ex- life experience, not only music experience, but also life experience they, they would have that I could get out of them, that I could learn from them, you know? So I even remember that I was, that was in high school. I was first assigned to a young a teacher. Um, a guy who, you know, finished his studies a couple of years before um, he started teaching. And I would go to a headmaster of the school. I said, there's no way I'm going to study with this guy. is too young. <laughs> I want an older teacher. <laughs> so uh, he, he was um, also the uh, principal of that school that I still keep in touch with. It was, was kind enough. Um, it was not easy, but... Um, at the end, he he agreed with me, and uh, and I got a teacher that I wanted initially. I don't know; it's probably really arrogant for me to say, but uh, that's how I feel. And that's another component component of Polish people. Polish people will always say what they think. <laughs> they they won't be trying to hide things. At least I don't I don't do that. Yeah. So, in terms of nationality, how do you feel? Do you feel Australian or Polish? I think I'm splitting in between. <laughs> I mean, um, I think I feel Polish, but I treat Sydney as home now. I have so many friends here now. It would be so hard to move um, because of all the relationships that I have. Um, I love the lifestyle now. I got used to it. It was so hard in the beginning. Um, But... um, but I definitely feel Polish. I know that I'm a little bit different to Aussies. Um, and I think that my Aussie friends actually like it about me. I don't think they want me to change. Um, I think they treat me as a bit of an exotic um, type. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to be different. I'm not trying to hide who I am. I, I try to be natural. Um, and that's, I think, what people respect. Um, I don't feel like changing as well. Um, I feel good about who I am, but I also love living here, honestly. Um, I think that the you know, biggest success in life is to be happy with your life um, and to, to be happy with what you do, to be happy about your life. How is it going? Um, I do a bit of um, you know, music, a bit of teaching, a bit, a bit of performing, Um, I started recently teaching yoga. So, you know, I don't think any European country or even US would allow me for such a flexibility as Australia allows me. You know, I can I can be a bit of everything um, and, you know, have my life really exciting um, every day. Um, And I think that's that's what I love about this country. It just it just allows you to be who you want to be and you don't have to compromise too much <laughs> to to achieve that that's what that's my experience um 
but I think it goes for many people that I met. Yeah, lovely. It's a nice way to have someone describe the country you grew up in in such a way. It's beautiful. There's one thing I did drop out of this interview that I haven't addressed yet, and that's in March 2016, you were granted the Distinguished Talent Visa Permanent Residency by the Australian government. Was that a a moment to celebrate for you? Oh, definitely it was. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to stay here. So um, after my studies, I was obviously studying here on on a student visa. I had that opportunity to stay in a church and um, I applied for an occupational trainee visa. I think it was a three-year um, visa that allows you to use the skills that you learned at the university, uh, studying your degree. So I studied conducting. So obviously I conducted the choir. It was like um, um, internship, I think. Um, I could describe it this way. But then it started to, um, you know, to come to the end. And uh, it was a big question, you know, the, the church really wanted me to stay. Um, the, the choir was very supportive. And um, and I already got used to the country. I wanted to stay. Um, so I think some of my friends that, I think it was not me. It was some of my friends started to do some research and they discovered that Distinguished Talent Visa and uh, you know, by the way, I haven't done a lot to get it except for getting all my uh, paperwork together. But um, like friends from the church, they've done such a big work to to get it. So they started to research on it, and then um, they hang up on the sorry they they hang on their phones for many hours with the immigration office to get all the information and um, when they told us what we have to put together it was just mind-blowing how many you know resources I had to use to get my mom was sending kilos of paperwork from Poland to prove all the achievements to get all the degrees together all the diploma certificates and you know it was it was just crazy and I still have it uh, somewhere in my cupboard here yeah so my my family helped me a lot to to put all the paperwork together my friends from the church helped a lot and uh, it was a long process it was i think a one year process and i know that they only give um, a few every year in different fields so they they do this distinguished talent um, in sport not only in art in sport and in a couple of different fields that I cannot even remember. And it's only a few a year. So they were pushing hard, really hard um, to get as many information as possible. But also, you know, what helped me, I think it was um, uh, me being a teacher and delivering um, a quality music education to Australian uh, children as well would help me because, you know, there is a shortage of um, good, um, art teachers, um, I, th- I think in, um, in Australia. So, so that helped me as well. Cause I worked for so many years with that voice choir and, um, and I taught voice within the choir as well. So, mm. yeah. So, so finally it happened and I don't have to worry anymore about my visa expiring. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about your career and life? You know, all those competitions and degrees are important, but I think um, the main component in my life um, 
the most valuable thing that um, that I think is important in my life is just being happy about how you live. Um, and, um, you know, all those pressures that I put on myself before, um, competitions, all that stress, um, studying in a different country, it's, it's all good. It all prepares you to live a, a better life. But at the end, I think just easing off a little bit at some point and being happy with how you la- live, being able to do what you love, um, to, and to still support yourself, I think it's the key. And that's why I'm so happy in Australia. And I know that I probably wouldn't be able to do as many things in my home country or in the States or in England as, as I can do here. It's such a pleasure to hear your wisdom and to you, you seem wise beyond your years, that's for sure. Thanks for sharing everything with us today. Thank you very much. For more information on this project, go to pabf.com.au. This podcast was brought to you by the Polish Embassy in Australia, Polish Investment and Trade Agency, Polaron, the Freedom and Democracy Foundation, English for Business and SBS Radio. This was put together by Marchmade Collective.